All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Today is Thursday, January 27, 2022. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled A Vision for You. We're on page 162. We're at that second paragraph that starts off with Someday we hope that, and we're going to read that one paragraph and comment on that one paragraph only today. Um, today's readers are Team Thursday, and thanks for an awesome month of January. Appreciate you all. We have uh, Marge E, Tuli B, Rick J, Leah S, Katie G, Reva P, and Nancy P. And the reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, January 26, 2022. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time recording is 18,461. That's 18461. If you're looking for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time recording number, it's 18,462. 18462. So, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues, and our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you, Jen, so much. Marge E. from Massachusetts, compulsive overreader, recovered but not cured. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me serve this month, and I pass. I will now ask Tuli B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Tuli B., Recovery Compulsive Reader from California. Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3, the only requirement for, a, for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4, each group should be autonomous accepting matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought to never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought to never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous is no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought to never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction, rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me read, and I pass. Thanks, Margie and Tuli B. We appreciate your service. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirements for moderators, that's one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star 1 to unmute. And then once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speaker should be muted. So today, we resume our study in the chapter of Vision for You in the big book on page 162. We're reading that second paragraph and I will now ask Rick J to begin reading. Good morning, Jen. My name is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. 
this practice enables us to lend a hand, at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. This, uh, yeah, this this paragraph, it's, uh, you know, what I'm seeing here is, you know, is that vision that, that they had, you know, they're, they're telling us, and of course, they're wanting us to go out and connect with others to bring this message of, of recovery of our experience, our strength, our hope to others in any way we can. And of course, back when this was written, you know, I, I envision these dusty, you know, 1930s and 1940s automobiles, you know, <laughs> uh, rumpled suits of the salesmen that were traveling around. And, you know, back then that was really one of the, you know, the more common ways for people to be traveling, you know, and as we mentioned uh, yesterday, this was before uh, interstate highway system, before air travel was common, you know, just getting across the country, you know, on these little back roads, it was a big deal, but they were carrying this message, that passion of recovery that they had was leading them to carry this message and connect with others. That's what we're doing here. Um, our ability to journey. I love that journey. You know, um, it's a journey is simply, you know, to travel from one place to another, but that's what we're doing to connect. We're finding that fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, of Overeaters Anonymous. We're finding that fellowship with each other. We're finding that, that connection with each other. We're finding that spiritual connection with each other in any way we can. And of course, now we can travel to an OA meeting. And, uh, of course, in the COVID era right now, it's it's not quite as easy to go to a face-to-face -face meeting, but we certainly have the Internet, and we have Zoom meetings, and we can be on an international meeting with people without even leaving our homes, and we are connecting with each other. We're seeing each other's faces, at least. And, uh, and of course, on the vision, you know, we have 400 people, you know, average on any given meeting, you know, hearing each other's voices. And I love that um, when I started here, you know, a few years ago, I just heard people share and I would look up people in the member list and just say, hey, I, I loved hearing your share. And, and now I'm connected with so many people. And I've had the honor and privilege to be a part of meetings where translator meetings where they were translating meetings in Italy and Poland. You know, these lights, it's like, you know, when one light comes into the room, another light comes into the room, the room gets brighter. It's that power. It's that adventure in this fourth dimension. That's what we're doing. That's the vision. You know, how can I journey? How can I travel from from here to go out there and connect with you and carry the message and attract others? It's a, it's a beautiful journey, and I'm glad to be on it with you. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Rick J. Well, we value everyone's experiences on the line today, so that we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that we can hear other voices and they can share their experience, strength, and hope too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Christina J. Christina. Chuck K. from Georgia. Chuck. Nancy R. Loretta Emma A. M. R. 
Loretta H. And then I think there was a um, Sima M. There. Tell me, Sima. Yes. Thank you, Sima, for speaking up again. One more person. Anybody? Don't be shy. Press star one. Love to hear your voice today. Tony B. I'm sorry, Tony. Could you say that one more time? Sorry. ADG. The last person. The last person sounded like Tony. Okay, we'll stop there. Okay. So I have Christina, Chuck, Nancy, Loretta, Sima, and Tony, maybe. We'll see who that last person was. All right, Christina, Jay, go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your service, Jen. Christina Jay from the state of Washington recovered for today. Uh, yeah, so I'm an isolator, you know. That's that's my uh, part of my disease, and I've been an isolator in the food all my life. I am a performer, so you'd think I'd be an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert in certain ways. So food was perfect for me because I could isolate with my food, and um, it's a painful place to be, and it takes a lifetime to undo the things that I did with my food, well, not a lifetime, but, you know, it takes a while because I went to food since I was a kid for comfort. This is what my go-to was when I was irritable, restless, discontent, didn't know what was wrong with me. So, you know, in the early days of going to meetings and being of service at the meetings, um, when I would go on the road, the meeting didn't go with me. I didn't realize the importance of, of hitting every town and finding a meeting. I did not get that at all. I would just go on the road. And I was never in recovery until 2014, really. I was white-knuckling in some of the OA rooms. But when I went on the road recently to take a trip to North Dakota for not not what I was doing career-wise, but other th another thing, um, I had the vision. I had meetings. I could be of service on the meetings on the road. I could um, listen to the meetings. The meetings had to go with me. I need my family in, 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 in OA. I need you guys. Now, sure, I die alone uh, at the at the end. At the end of the day, I, I have to go to God for things, but I need my family. My normal family doesn't understand me, so I need to, to crack into the book every day with you guys. I need to hear it again because I've got a lifetime of stuff to undo. I need to hit, be hit over the head every day with a, with a mallet, you know, <laughs> and I need you guys. I need these meetings, and I need to be of service at these meetings because my heart is now has a great compassion for those that are suffering. There are such alluring distractions on the road for anybody who goes on vacation or for any other trip. You know, there's hotel lobbies with the food in the morning and, and uh, uh, vending machines at night we can sneak to when, when our spouses or loved ones are sleeping. There's all kinds of stuff on there, and there's uncomfortableness on the road, extreme uncomfortableness, at least for me, there was. And so it was always alluring to try to find something to calm me down. But I don't have to do that anymore because of this program, and I'm so grateful to the pandemic that it's given us these Zoom meetings, these phone meetings. I mean, Vision was on before then, so thank God. But the phone meetings, um, we have it. We don't, we don't have any excuse not to call anyone. We have phones we can pick up. We don't have to go to a meeting to be of service. We can be of service today. So um, thank you for letting me share. I'm very grateful. 
Thanks so much, Christina J. Up next is Chuck K. followed by Nancy. Go right ahead, Chuck. Hey, Jen. It's Chuck K. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead, loud and clear. Hey, I'm Chuck K. from Georgia, and I'm at a pretty big crossroads in my life, and so I have the opportunity to kind of look back and program as a big part of that. And I was cleaning out my desk at work, and I was cleaning out my computer, and I saw a picture from maybe 12 years ago, and I did not realize just how big I was at that time. And I sent the picture to a few people, and I was out, I was flabbergasted. That's the biggest word I can think of to describe looking at what I used to be. And I'm very happy to hear this paragraph this morning. It, it's a little sentimental to me from what's going on in my personal life, my career and all. And one of the major parts of my life that, that has done well is my program. And I remember when I first started program, there was about two or three years where I struggled. I had good successes, but then I'd plateau or I'd go backwards, I'd get back into the food. And I remember thinking, well, this may not happen for me. I hear that it will happen for you if you continue working, but I was afraid that it wouldn't. And I was discouraged by that. And I kept going to meetings. I kept engaging in program, and, and finally the miracle did occur. And I think the biggest part of the big book that I think about this morning is when Dr. Bob said one of the reasons he did this work he felt like he needed to was a sense of duty. And that's what I feel. I've lost a considerable amount of weight. If you look at the statistics of people who can do that without surgery, without medicine or anything like that, it's small. I mean really, really small. And I don't contribute it to anything that I've done other than hanging on. Sometimes with one hand at the bottom rung of the ladder is all I did. But something happened through my journey that allowed the weight to come off. You know, I continue to work. And now, you know, I am encouraged to go everywhere I can. I haven't seen a lot of the people that I've seen in my groups because of COVID. But the few I have, every time I see them, they're like, holy smokes, Chuck, you've lost a lot of weight. I don't even realize it anymore because I'm, I've been at a, you know, a more normal. I'm not at my, my uh, ideal body weight, but I've lost quite a bit. And so it's my duty to to carry that message. Say, yeah, this did work. And yeah, I was one of those that said I didn't think it's going to work for me. I was scared that I was doing the best I could and it wasn't happening, and I didn't know what was going to do, what I was going to do. And that's a very powerful message for, for the new person who's struggling like that. And so that sense of duty and that that joy that we have when instead of going to meetings to get stuff from somebody else, we're going there to give. We're giving our strength, hope, and experience so somebody else may be able to get that gift and stick with program and, and fight through the battle because this is some of the hardest stuff we'll ever deal with. So I'm just real thankful. I'm happy to hear this reading this morning, and I'm I'm so proud to be a part of a really nice OA group. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Chuck Kay from Georgia. Up next, we have Nancy, followed by Loretta. Nancy, could you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Good morning. Yes, it's Nancy R. from Illinois. Uh, thanks for taking the meeting, Jen. Um, uh, as we were reading this, uh, I was really thinking about um, carrying the message and I am uh, ready to begin my 12th step in 
you know, I've done 12 steps before and I've sponsored before, but um, I've worked through the steps over the last couple of months since I became absent and began working with a recovered sponsor in Vision for You. And um, it's my turn to carry the message on. And I have this like slight hesitancy. And so reading this and listening to all of you is really helpful. And, um, you know, I get scared. And um, all I need to do is just, um, you know, um, make calls and be of service, you know. And when I think about it as being of service and spreading the message, it's much easier than when I think of it as, you know, sponsoring. So um, that was what I thought of as we were uh, reading this morning. And I just want to say also that I'm so grateful um, that these early AA uh, people um, did what they did to spread this message. And I'm willing today to do my part. Thanks. Thank you so much, Nancy R. from Illinois. Up next, we have Loretta H. followed by Sima M. Good morning, Loretta. Go right ahead. Good morning, Jen the Gem. It's Loretta H. in Raleigh, recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition with God's grace and mercy. And thank you, everyone, on this line who saves my life every morning. Some of us are salesmen and go about. And it's interesting. The first thing I thought of when the reader shared this was Willie Lohman, uh, Death of a Salesman. And that is basically how I spent my career. Um, and I traveled a lot. And I it was in the food and or out of the food, depending on what stage I was in of my disease. And I never, ever had any relationships. I worked in that industry for 35 years. But the grace of God and mercy was um, I came into program in 2001, and 9-11 happened. And my sponsor at that time was very newly abstinent, had just gone through the steps. And she says, if the only thing you do today is don't eat over it, you are going to be okay. And that was a miracle and a spiritual experience. And um, as other people have shared, I am so grateful for the opportunities today with Zoom and, um, you know, like I, I have such an easy time traveling today. The food is very neutral. It just amazes me. But it's because of the work and the steps. I've never had an issue with food when I've traveled in since I've been in program. That's God, of course, and my food plan, because that's my tool, and I follow it religiously, and I text it still every day after all these years, but that's neither here nor there. And as somebody shared, I was just asked to speak on a meeting abroad, and it was where my parents came from. And it was so, so compassionate and so loving for me because I was so ashamed of my parents. They didn't speak, they spoke really broken English. And you come to America as a foreigner and you know, you have weird food and weird speak and weird clothes. And I just felt so at home there in Italy. I just, I, I, I embraced my parents and their heritage and everything. So this program works because it gave me, gives me so many God sightings if I do the work. And um, I, I, like I said, it's beyond my wildest dreams. And today all that shame and blame and, um, you know, complaining 
I don't have to do that anymore. I just have to claim my authentic self, which is what I do when I work the steps. And so I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. And of course, my God and you guys are saving me. And there won't be a death of this salesman today, hopefully. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. Up next is Sima M, followed by possibly a Tony or somebody. I didn't hear your name, so get ready if that was you. Sima, go right ahead. Good morning. This is Sima, grateful, compulsive overreader, living in recovery. Uh, I'm so grateful. I haven't been on this meeting in a while. And um, I came into OA in 1975, and uh, I had already lost weight. And But I knew that I was about to go back into the food. And a therapist that I had told me about OA, and I ran to OA. And at the first meeting, all I heard was that I was supposed to take a food plan. There were two choices. And uh, get a sponsor. So I asked somebody to be my sponsor, and she said, write down what you're going to eat and call me in the morning. And tell me. And I was like, okay, I, I'll do it. But I didn't understand how that was going to help me. But a week later, I met somebody um, at a meeting who was speaking on Step 9 with somebody who had been in AA for many years. And um, there it was. I heard the message of what the steps are in the recovery. And I said, that's what I want. And um, for a couple of years, that uh, person ran workshops and whatever, and I felt like I was in a fellowship of people that were doing it, who were working the steps as imperfectly as we were. But um, I lived in New York, and you would think that there would be a lot of recovery around, but maybe there was, but I didn't find it. And um, after many years of in and out of OA, I stopped going, even though I always believed in the 12 steps. And eight years ago, I came back, and I was fortunate that somebody told me about a vision for you, and at that time, it was about one year old. And I finally had that second spiritual experience where I was like, these people have what I want and what I've been waiting for. So the fact that um, there are meetings all over and the fact that uh, I think Vision for You has uh, had a a great impact on recovery in OA all over the world. And uh, I feel safe now. I feel like I can go any place. And because of the telephone, of course, that I can stay in contact with the message and never lose track of it, not with assignments and not with food plans, but with the actual 12-step message and the program of recovery. And I'm so grateful um, to Vision for You and um, and the explosion that um, has happened in recovery around the world as a result. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Simma. Where are you calling from today? Uh, New Jersey. Perfect. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right. Up next, we have Tony B. Tony? Hey, may I be heard? Yes, you can. Go right ahead. Okay. My name is my name is Tony B. and I'm a compulsive overreacher from the Republic of Ireland. This is my first time speaking on Vision. I've been a member since last July. Uh, my abstinence dates back to the 24th of October last year. And... Uh, Life is good today, um, ups and downs, pains, you know what I mean? Job going good, job going bad, blah, 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 you know what I mean? But I just try to stay on beam, stay on my program, and uh, I'm glad I found vision, and it was through a relapse. 
that I found vision to be quite honest, and I found a great sponsor, sponsors, and delighted to end the call with three people today. Um, I was finish off my step nine soon. Um, I went through the steps in uh, about eight days. That's the way we did it over here. I do it Harlan's way. And uh, it's so fantastic to be here today, you know what I mean? And having a program to deal with all my emotions, which I never had when I was in the food. So I uh, just wanted to speak, uh, say my name and come in. And uh, God, God bless you all. And I look forward to listening to the rest of the meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Tony B. from Ireland. Glad we got in today. All right. Well, this is where we're at, everybody. So turn to page 162. Head down to the bottom of the page. It says on the second paragraph, someday we hope. We're reading that one paragraph and sharing on it. Um, I heard Katie G.'s uh, name at the end there. So I have her as our first. Go ahead. Who else would like to share on what was read? Nancy P. Liz A. Liz A. And <laughs> don't give up yet. I'm hearing names still. Okay, I heard Nancy. I heard Anne. I heard uh, somebody from Toronto. Who was it? Lisa O. Lisa. All right. So I only heard Nancy, Ann, and Lisa. Everybody else is kind of like on top of each other. So if you want to say your name again, press star one. I'll see what I can hear. Linda J. Judith. Thanks, Linda. Judith. All right. We got it, people. Nancy, Ann, Lisa, Linda, and Judith. Um, but Katie G was at the top of the hour there, so or at the bottom of the last. So go ahead, Katie G, and press star one. Hi, Jen. Sorry to ask you this, but am I being heard? Go right ahead. All right. Thank you. KDG recovered in Boston. You know, a couple things I just wanted to share. First of all is that Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous is capitalized, um, which what I've been taught is that anything that's capitalized means that um, it's a reference to God. So not that the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous is God, but you may find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous that's grounded in the solution, which is entire abstinence, and these 12 steps, which bring me to the treasure of God, right? And what I think is so important is that throughout our big book, it talks about any time I have a problem, I am to lend a hand. And that will help me avoid certain alluring distractions of the road. So my primary purpose today is to stay abstinent, get through the steps, and have a new employer. And my new employer is God. And I have to tell you, lack of power is my dilemma. And selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my trouble. And when I have a problem, like let's say I have a problem with my husband or my children, yes, yes, yes. What I want to do is I want to sit in a room and I want to um, analyze it and deconstruct it and not bring God in, right? And when I do that, what I enable myself to do as a recovered woman is lie to myself. I tell myself lies. I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. And then based on those lies, I engage in character defects like anger, like aggression, and I'm not who God wants me to be. Who God wants me to be is, you know, there are two 
things going on in my life this morning that are pretty big. And in my talking with God, he just put on my heart like, I need you to just help my kids, help my kids. So when I do, let's say, a step 10 disturbance and I look at where I'm selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and afraid, no matter how I feel, I must lend a hand that my primary purpose is to stay abstinent, to do the steps so I have a relationship with the creator of the universe and his job for me is to help others. And it's not to force myself on others, right? It's to fit myself to be of maximum service. And what I find so ironic is the ways that God wants to use me, right? Like I can be sitting in the grocery or in the grocery store or at another meeting and all I have to do is be connected with God and he shows me how to help his kids. So that's all I got to say. Thanks, John, for taking the meeting. Thanks, Katie, so much. Appreciate you, Katie G from Boston. Up next, we have Nancy and then Anne. Go ahead, Nancy. Hey, Jen. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Good morning, everybody. So this paragraph is what they're saying, what they're, what they're saying to me anyways, straight out, is that the, the most important thing that we can do is carry the message. They're not saying anything about sobriety or abstinence. They're saying that the most important thing that we can find is a fellowship, not abstinence. You know, that's a sort of a sticking point with me when people call me up and they, they ask me to, um, you know, they want me to sponsor them or whatever they, you know, they call me for various reasons. And I ask questions and I say, tell me about yourself. And they always say, I was abstinent and I'm not now. And I want to work the steps and get abstinent and, um, or get abstinent and work the steps. And to me, like I sweep all that away and I say to my, you know, I say to them, everything else is incidental to carrying the message, including sobriety itself, including abstinence itself. They say in the book, you know, if good for you, you get sober, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Um, you know, we have found that nothing more contribute, nothing contributes more to the rehabilitation of these men than the altruistic movement now growing up among them. Practical experience shows that nothing, nothing so much ensures immunity from drinking than intensive work with other alcoholics. And the people that they're talking about in the book, in this paragraph, have already completed their work and the steps, but their work is not done. The most important work is yet to come. And the 12th step actually promises me three things, a spiritual awakening, practicing the principles and carrying the message. Um, you know, the spiritual awakening is only the first one that, that seeds the ground for the second two. And the most important thing that I can do in service of my spiritual awakening is carrying the message to others. And I was told by my own sponsor that this work should pinch. This should be, you know, slightly inconvenient. It's not like I have to, you know, not pay my bills so that I can carry the message. Um, but you know, these guys are working, you know, they, some of them are salesmen, they have to go, you know, they're sit in sales for, for their living or their, you know, whatever they do for their work, they have to also drop in and, and, you know, seed the ground for others. Like, that's the most important thing that they can do. And I can tell you that, you know, after 47 years, that's almost five decades of trying to be in Overeaters Anonymous without doing the work and carrying the message, I got nowhere, zero, nothing. But when I started to, um, once I completed the, the steps itself, you know, learning to read, right? I learned to read when I was learning the steps. 
the rest of my life I spend reading to learn. So the rest of my life I spend teaching the steps or, you know, carrying the message. That's the most important thing that I can do. Unbelievably, unbelievably, like nobody but me lived my life. But I can tell you that it was miserable going to meetings for years and years and years and years and years and not getting it. And it wasn't the abstinence finally that I was after. As long as I chased abstinence, I got nothing. When I chased awakening, when I chased surrender, then I got what I needed in spades, in the highest suit. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Nancy P. Up next is Anne. Good morning, Anne. Hi, Jen. This is Anne. I'm here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ireland. Can I be heard okay? Yeah, you sound a little distant, but go right okay, ahead. I Try it. Headphones. Brilliant. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much, much Jen. Better. Thanks for taking Thanks. the meeting. Yeah, I'll see your phones. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph. And again, it's uh, just lovely shares. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing about her journey through recovery, really. And uh, I, I suppose it's through the disease and to find recovery. And, uh, yeah, just hearing a lot about sponsorship or carrying the message and fellowship and the miracle of the program. And uh, it's a great reminder for me to just see you know, just the importance of carrying the message and the message that was carried to me. And that was true fellowship. You know, I couldn't have heard this message. I couldn't see it on, you know, a billboard or a TV ad or anything like that. I heard this message by 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 being told the message by recovered oh, recovered compulsive overeaters. And uh, yeah, I love what was shared earlier on, you know, by Dr. Bob and the four reasons why, you know, he carries the message, just sense of duty. It is a pleasure because in doing so, I'm, I'm paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And because every time I do so, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And that's on page 81. And that for me, you know, just outlines why I need to carry a message. But I think, you know, it's... um. It's really good for me to hear as well, you know, that it, that that it's um it's fellowship and it's coming to you know it's coming to a place and it is about willingness really you know it's the program can be worked and it, it's a we program, um and I loved you know where it says those of us who travel drop in at drop in as often as we can and again you know fellowship has been and program has been so much. Um, easier to work, you know, having this, having these meetings, having Zoom, and and it's about willingness. You know, if I'm not willing to work the program, I could have everything under the sun. But unless I'm willing to take the action, do what I'm supposed to do, find a sponsor, go through the steps, have a spiritual awakening, and then continue to to work this program, live in step ten, eleven, and twelve. Remember, I need to take to take step one, two, and three each morning because I'm always wake them up as a compulsive overeater and then to carry this message to the sick and suffering compulsive overeater. And it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. And it it is something that has given me, you know, it's given me more than I have given it. And and it certainly has my growth. And and it's and it reminds me where I came from as a compulsive overeater. So with that I pass. And thanks again, Jen, for taking the meeting. Hey, Anne in Ireland. Thanks so much. And um, all right, Lisa O, you're up next, followed by Linda. Go right ahead, Lisa. <clears throat> Hi, Jen. Thank you very much. My name is Lisa O. I'm a compulsive overeater from Toronto. Um, this paragraph reminds me of how things used to be for me. 
um, when I would travel. I am single and I have no children. So when I would travel prior to finding a way, I would usually go as a way to escape my problems, escape my loneliness, escape everything that I was feeling at home, thinking that everything would be magically better in some new place. And all my friends and coworkers would say, wow, Lisa is such a a globetrotter, look at her go here and there, except what nobody knew was that when I'd get there, I would spend every evening having gone to the nearest grocery or convenience store where I would fill up with bags of food and I would take it back to where I was staying and I would sit there by myself and I would eat it alone. Um, I would never meet people. I would never socialize. I would never really do any kind of activities in the town that I was in that would have to involve meeting people because that was just not who I was then. Um, Since I've gone into program, everything has completely changed. And now when I travel somewhere, I really ask myself, like, why is it that I'm going to this place? Because for me, traveling is something that does destabilize me. And I'm realizing that it makes me feel like I'm a bit um, at odds because I've lost the comforts and I've lost the, um, the ease of what I have around me here. Um, so I have traveled a few times since I've been in OA, and now when I do travel, I go with my scale, I go with a plan of how things are going to go, uh, which, you know, God can interrupt if God feels fit to, but I do still have that plan in place for how I'm going to manage my food. And people, when I'm around me now, they see me with my food scale, they see me with my Tupperware containers, and people will now ask me, like, Lisa, what? what's going on with this? And I will tell them. And every single time I tell them, there is somebody who I tell who says, you know, I have a problem with food too, or I've been tortured by food too. And just by being in program and being who I am and existing in the program way, um, I have become a messenger for this program. And that makes me feel so grateful and so happy that I can help other people experience the freedom that I felt since being in a way from food. Um, thank you very much for letting me share and with that I'll pass. Hey Lisa, thanks so much. Lisa O from Toronto. Okay, up next we have Linda. Linda, good morning. I didn't catch the first initial of your last name, so Hey Jan, it's Linda D from Connecticut. Thanks. I'm hi honey. Um Hi, everybody. I'm so grateful to, and amazed, really amazed, to be um, recovered, not cured, which means I'm paying attention to today and to right now. I think um, I can be a prisoner of fear or I can be a prisoner of love. And who wouldn't pick love? Love is very, very difficult to learn for me. As someone said earlier, I isolated my whole life. I didn't know it. I did the best that I could with a treacherous, vicious disease. It is not out there waiting in a parking lot for me. It is in here with a lot of twisted ideas about who I am, how valuable I am, or how not valuable I am, and blah, 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 blah. And it is very important for me to hook up to listen to what's really going on inside of my head and take it to God. And I wouldn't have known that. I didn't even know God was real, so what did I know? And here's where I found out God is real, by doing this work. And what's the benefit of that? I'm never alone unless I decide to uh, live in three dimensions, meaning 
what's in front of me right now. It's very important what's in front of me right now. I must uh, walk through it, usually, something I'm afraid of. Um, but it's not the same as having God guide me through it. And what keeps me on the beam is all of you. Because I'll skate off on the pond thinking I know what I'm doing. And I'm in the kitchen before you know it. I have to cook up a whole bunch of stuff today. And a pork chop, could, which is what I had to cook up, could distract me. Now, it's not as easy to distract me. Of course it's not. But it's, it is a pork chop after all. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. So um, I have to... Um, and I'm trained to, and I want to be with you and and grow and change. I love who I am now. I'm sitting in the living room in thermals. It's very attractive. And a Panama hat. It shows you, you get spunk in this program. You get spunk, and you get joy, and you get laughter, and you get hard work. This is hard work, but it's so worth it. I don't want to be locked up. In my head, I'm crazy and very, very self-destructive. I love who I am now, and I love being with you. My God, you are my family. I love you. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Linda D. from Connecticut. Up next, we have Judith S.P. Judith? Hi, my name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Thank you, Jen. So grateful to be here with my fellowship. Um, <clears throat> while this paragraph was being read and the shares before me, a bunch of words just popped out at me from this paragraph, and I'm going to share those. We, hope, journeys, destination, practice, lend a hand, avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road. To be in an experience in recovery where it's we, because my life before coming into program and developing and, and strengthening a way of living was I, 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 self-centered. What can Judith get out of it? What can Judith eat? Why isn't everyone's eyes on Judith because she walked into the room? Why are people thinking they know because Judith knows better? And so forth and so on. I don't need to belabor that point with you, family. But um, I, uh, I now am able to continue my journey. There is really no destination except in the physical sense. But... I am on my journey with my fellows, and I am abstinent from my food. It's neutral. It has been, thank you, God, for a long time. My food behaviors, my emotional behaviors, as folks have mentioned, their frustrations, their angers, their isolation, those are still with me. And I get very disappointed in myself when I see and witness actions that I do that are not what God wants me to be. But I trust that this is progressively taking me on my journey. And the beauty of lending a hand. I've heard in these rooms the opposite of addiction is connection. And so when I'm connected to you all, when I'm sponsoring, 
when I reach out to my sponsor. My connections are what feeds my soul in a way where I want to keep moving forward and sharing with others the beauty and the miracles of living in the fourth dimension and strengthening my spiritual fitness day in and day out, a little at a time, gently, with loving support from God, you all, and all the tools that I have available. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Judith S.P. So we're on page 162, that second paragraph. There's anybody who would like to press star one and give me their name. We can take a couple more shares. Someday we hope that every alcoholic Liz is where we're e, UK. Nice. Terry M. Miami. And Terry. Um, all Liz. right. That's good. I think that's all we'll have time for today is Liz E. and Terry M. Go right ahead, Liz E. Press star one again, Liz E, please. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go right Hello. ahead. Oh, hi. This, sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Liz E. for Elegant, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in the UK. It's a beautiful sunny day here this afternoon. Cold, but lovely, beautiful day. Um, I'm so privileged to be here. This journey word is the word, I guess, that's really stuck out for me. And I just love doing this journey with my fellow travelers, um, pe many people on this call and many people on other calls. And that is just the miracle of this meeting. And it says here, see scores of members. And that is the beauty of this. And this is a we program. It isn't, I, nobody depends upon me. My recovery is my business. It's not anybody else's business. It's mine. And when I talk to my sponsors, I say, look, I'm here for you, but it's a we program. There are many, many voices, and you need to hear all of those voices. And it's important that you search them out. And, you know, finding friendships. I'm finding the most amazing friendships who are giving me honesty and feedback and um, just really love that. And with that, I'm going to uh, pass. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, Liz E. from the UK. Up next, we have Terry M. Go ahead, Terry. Terry, can you press star one, please? Hi. I'm sorry. This is Terry. Um, well, this happened in 1939, what he's saying, according to the uh, asterisk there. But it's the same for us. He was on this journey and his destination. And the journey was both for the program and for his job. And nowadays we have truck drivers and everybody else that travels and the fellowship. And we, I have gone to different places uh, to visit away um, different fellowships. And I like that they're there for me and that community is there. 
But um, lately we've been talking about the traditions, and that's why the traditions are so important because when I go to plug in to some of these communities, I know that I'm going to get the same uh, and the same kind of help and and the same uh, readings, uh, not changing words and uh, and just that structure there for me that is so important when I travel. And um, and for me personally, I go about my journey too, and um, and I I do need that connection. And I, I don't care which, which country I'm in. I have it there. And, of course, nowadays we have the phone, the text, the email, podcast, sponsor, sponsoring. And, and back then they only had whatever meetings were there. And, uh, and uh, the main two were in, in Ohio and New York. But, but they were popping up everywhere. So the importance uh, of, of keeping... This um, this program um, and the basics of the traditions to keep it familiar and, and the structure everywhere we go is so important that uh, I'm so happy that we do have this big white net for us to catch us. Thanks. I pass. Thanks so much, Terry M. If there's anyone that would like to sneak in, we still have one more share left for today. Press star one, share your name. Heather E.H. Go ahead, Heather. Go. Hi, this is Heather. Can you hear me? Go right ahead, Heather. Hi, this is Heather E.H. from Texas. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And um, I'll just make this real quick because I know we're out of time. But um, I just wanted to say that um, I am so grateful, even though I don't travel anymore, um, and I did in the past, but I don't travel anymore because of COVID and because I've had a stroke recently, that I'm so grateful for these phone meetings and for vision. And I've just found that I'm not living in fear anymore. I'm living in love, and I'm, I just finished my 12th step, and I'm ready to sponsor, and I'm wanting so much to give it away, and I'm so full of joy. And um, I guess that's about all I wanted to share. And um, thank you, Jen, for the meeting, and thank everybody who shared. And thank everybody who's been here. And I'll pass. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Heather E.H. from Texas. And if you uh, wait till the next hour at the end, we have the opportunity for you to give your name and number as a sponsor. It's a great way to connect with people um, who are looking for someone to guide them through the 12 steps. So there we go, Heather E.H. from Texas. Okay, perfect. Well, guess what, folks? We're out of time. But I just wanted to say welcome to the newcomer. I hope you heard today that we are all here to lend a hand, especially to you. Thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us in the second unrecorded hour of study that's going to immediately follow the closing here. So get out your pen, the share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, January 27th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 18,469. That's 18469. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book. It's located on page 164. 
followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leah S. please read A Vision for You? Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.